Hey there, welcome to the Dressage with Amelia podcast, where it's all about breaking things down and helping you learn to love your ride. I'm your host, Amelia Newcomb. These sessions are recordings from my Facebook Live, where I answer as many questions as I can from my audience. I hope you enjoy this episode where I answer your questions about dressage. Please help me out and share this with a friend who also rides horses. We're late. We're late. We're, We're three in. minutes Here late. I was sitting Sorry. on my computer and all of a sudden I was like, oh my oh. gosh, it's 6.01. So if we were in a dressage test, we would be disqualified. We'd be eliminated. We would be eliminated. No. Levi made it too. Yeah. Levi, he it just wouldn't be complete without Levi. Okay. So I was late because I was looking and we have like no questions to answer tonight. So oh, wow. either people are going to have to ask us questions or we're just going to have to talk about nothing. So you're good at that. I can ramble on forever about nothing. I have the gift. Yes. Okay. But a few important things that I want to talk about tonight. We're going to talk about why doesn't your horse listen to you. We're going to talk about goals. We're going to talk about cones. We're going to talk about groundwork. So we have a lot of awesome things to cover. I guess let's start talking about cones because we filmed we you did. teaching today, which was really fun. That'll get on eventually. Yeah, we'll put it on YouTube. And um, what got me thinking about that was uh, we got some videos in of people riding just in a clearing in the woods. <laughs> and, uh, and then there was another video that came in that was just riding like on a dirt road. And... Uh, humbling i've got to tell you just watching that it was just like wow this is people just out there enjoying their horses it was really incredible anyway so i saw that and i was like right so here's how you set up a cone without the rails and without the letters and uh so i stand in the middle i walk 10 paces north i walk 10 paces back to the center then to the east and anyway 10 paces so it's about 20 meters i didn't get out there with the tape measure but if i do 10 paces in every direction it'll be 20 and then i set up the cones and you can go inside and outside the cones and that way you can start to influence the horse's hind leg a little more and pay really close attention to the geometry which is my favorite thing yeah so he did a great little demonstration i had my assistant kane ride i filmed which was kind of fun i feel like we need some fresh blood on our youtube channel but anyways when you don't have a dressage court or an arena, it's really hard to have structure to your ride because we all just end up like wandering around and like, oh, my horse feels so great. And so Herman is in this video going to show you guys how to set out some cones and then some very specific exercises that you can do to give yourself some structure and to give your horse some structure. So we're looking forward to that. That was fun today. It was... Um, it was very cold and it was almost like winter here yeah where live. that's why i'm still wearing all these jackets because it was cold we've had to turn on all the heater it's actually cold it's supposed to rain tonight hopefully we survive here in california okay the other topic that i wanted to talk about is goals so there should be a link either above or below this video, I am doing a goal setting webinar. That's not the right link, but we'll put the link in later. But mark your calendars for 
New Year's Day. I'm going to be doing a goal setting webinar on New Year's Day at 12 noon Pacific time. I've been doing a bunch of research about goals. And honestly, you really should set goals because even if you don't fully achieve your goals, you make so much more progress. You have so much more direction. And there's all these studies about like how your brain works that you actually get little dopamine hits every time you make a little progress working towards your goal. So I'm really excited for the goal setting webinar. I'm not going to give it all away, but you should set some goals for next year. And I'm really going to go into detail and help you guys set some really good goals for the year ahead. Do you believe in goals? I should have some. You should have some. I should, my, Are you going to set them? My goal is to set some goals. Are you going to set them next year? Um, no, because if I fail them, then I'll be suicidal. No, but okay. So I was listening to this podcast too. And it said that you should focus on not the gap. So if you think about like your goal is going from zero to 10, say that you make it to seven, you should focus on the gain, like the fact that you went from zero to seven, instead of focusing on the gap, because the gap is like, well, I only got to seven, I didn't get to 10. So you want to focus on the gain and not just on the gap, because the gain is huge. I get that, but those are the half empty people and the half full people well you should be a half full person i should i really should that, i'm gonna that, that's my goal i'm gonna become a half a, what is it a half full. A full i'm gonna become a half full person that's that's my goal okay well my goals are pinned up here on the wall the other thing let me know if you guys are watching here do you think you should share your goals publicly with everyone or not I'm a little shyer than that. I keep them yeah. a secret and share them with no one. I don't I even share too. them with myself, let alone anybody else. Yeah, I am too. But there's some debate about it. I think it a little bit depends on your personality, but I don't really share my goals. We did uh, get a question about measuring gauge and angles. Oh, okay. We, we're going back to geometry. I apologize, I love geometry. People. And so okay. um, if you're talking about when I'm, how do I figure it out when I'm riding? Uh, I have the letter and then I do the math based on the letter. The first letter is six meters out of the corner. You have to make a 20 meter circle. So where you touch the rail has to be 10 meters out of the corner. So um, the new, the plastic rails are all four meters long. So that that's easy to do. It's the middle of the third board. Um, yeah. Now, if you're talking about setting up an arena, then there's, you know, the three, four, five triangle. Yeah. We need to do a geometry video on how to set up the like, arena. So. Yeah, when the court is up. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that. Yes, forty-five degree angles. That's that's a lot. It makes it really quite difficult. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Amy, I'm having trouble advancing in the leg lifting when adding forward. Will you cover this more if you do the groundwork? class again. Yes, we are doing the groundwork masterclass in January again. I've added a lot and I will cover that more because I, what Amy is asking her question is about basically teaching your horse to pee off in hand. And you start by just teaching your horse to lift one leg at a time when you hold the bamboo stick on them. But then sometimes when you first start, like 
asking for the half steps, asking for the Piaf, it can be really tricky because a lot of horses will just like run over the top of you or they don't really understand um, that piece of it. So yes, I will go into that more this year. Okay, she was asking about the head of the wall leg yield and how do I figure that out? Oh. Um, I've had the advantage of having some mirrors and being able to look. Um, and then also if, if the trot becomes too difficult to maintain, my first assumption is that the angle is too great. I really just try to feel or, or see with my, the eye in the back of my head, where the haunches are kind of feel that the right hind, let's say I'm going left, that the right hind, the right hind is behind the left front and not that the haunches are here that I get the outside hind leg over by the inside front. And, uh, and the, the biggest thing I feel is that where my hips are so that I know where the horse's haunches are. And then if the trot is too difficult to maintain, then I assume that my angle is too great. Oh, I think Mara really likes you. She says I'm with Herman expectations are resentment under construction. Oh Yeah. Oh expectations are just premeditated resentments. Oh my gosh. They're just premeditated resentments. Okay. The main point of tonight's topic is why doesn't your horse listen to you? I was thinking about this. You know, it's funny. I'll be like riding around and something will come to me and I'll be like, oh my gosh, I have to talk about that on our Thursday night Facebook live. So we have, I wrote down like a little list of possible reasons why your horse doesn't listen to you. And I think it's important to, you know, when you ask your horse to do something and it doesn't happen, you have to like within three seconds, try to analyze why it didn't happen, regroup, and then go again. So what are your thoughts on that? Um, yeah, you got to be able to figure out why. I mean, because there's very... My all-time favorite is when you're riding along, everything's going well, and the horse goes, squirrel! And <laughs> you're like, I had a horse. Just moments ago, I had a horse. Uh, but, you know, sometimes it's the timing. You've got to be able to break it down and analyze what happened. Was was my timing off um, in terms of when I applied the aid? Was the horse not set up? Did, uh, did I not prepare three strides earlier for that particular horse. One horse needs a stride out. The other horse needs five strides out. And so, but it happens that A, I need to be ready five horses ago. And, you know, learning my horse and finding those things out as to why my horse didn't do what I asked when I asked. Yeah. So let us know in the comments, I just typed why your horse doesn't listen to you. Um, but so there's a couple of different reasons. Um, and, and I think that it, it depends a little bit on the horse and kind of like knowing your horse's temperament, your horse's age, your horse's level of training, all of those things factor into. And it's history. I mean, it's, yeah. all, it's really different when you get a three, four-year-old that has no experience and then you can start from there or somebody's train wreck that you inherit and you like cue yeah i took a lesson once and i asked to go across the diagonal and uh and the trainer had said okay lengthen it and the thing broke in half and galloped out of the arena and i remember charlotte going looks like you got into some history there as the horse <laughs> just ran down the road so you know all these things 
have a have an impact yeah on why your horse may or may not be listening yeah absolutely and in general i think it's really important that horses are very honest and willing creatures like i don't believe that horses are ever intentionally disobedient or out to get you or evil or anything like that like they just don't think that way so if you ask your horse to do something and it doesn't happen um let's see so angie says she rides a lesson horse and yeah, the horse she's riding thing. is extremely blunt to my legs sometimes yeah. i can't even get her to trot very frustrating so again this goes into a little bit history if you have a lesson horse they have a history of teaching beginner riders which means that the riders aren't very effective and clear with their aids so in that case it's really important that you persist and get what you wanted so that you keep asking for the trot and insisting and say you know what you know how to trot like you uh, you know this aid and and my intention I think your intention is huge in that situation that you're like, I'm a good rider. I know how to ask for trot. You are going to trot now in that situation. Yeah, it's difficult with lesson horses because the lesson horses have riders on them that um, move a lot. And so those horses get a bit dull because there's so much motion coming from the rider that the horse to save its sanity, it's like the air, airport, people by the airport don't hear the airplanes because the brain says that's not important. And so when a horse has all that aiding all the time, the, the horse's brain has to say a little bit, hey, this isn't important. So when you apply an aid on a schooling horse, it tends to have to be a bit sharper because the horse is used to tuning out a lot of motion yeah so yeah you're right it's a difficult it's a difficult thing that yeah but they're great they're safe they teach you a seat you know um you can make a bunch of mistakes and not pay the price for that because if you do that on a four-year-old you, you know that ain't gonna go well yeah um okay so another one so muriel said she had a squirrel moment today she's looking for a date <laughs> or the boogeyman outside the arena hannah also says distraction distractions outside the arena so it's important, like, like, let's say that you're trotting and you're going to ask for the canner or you're going to ask for something and you feel that your horse is distracted. That's you need to do something to get your horse's attention first before you ask for the canner or whatever. And where you place that in the arena as yeah. well. I mean, going into, a, you know, if you do a circle at the end, going into the circle is a better plan, like after the center line then coming out of the corner and then the horse sees, you know, the Sahara desert and off it to the race as it goes. Um, and that involves some feel on your part. You know, your butt has to tell you my horse's back is tight. This is not the time to ask. Um, once the horse trains up, then it's a different thing. It's like, I said it, you must do it now, but that that's training. Yeah. 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 So here's another person says, my horse knows that I'm not sure. My trainer is teaching her to respond and respect. She's only four. So again, yeah, like with a young horse, it's really important that you have an, like an educated rider and a confident rider because young horses in general aren't as confident. 
And so you as a rider have to bring that confidence to that horse. Um, the other thing like with young horse versus old horse. So I have a young horse right now that I'm working with my assistant and we were working on getting her to pick up the canner. And so she was going along and trying to like feel the moment. And then she would ask for the canner and sometimes it would work, but sometimes the horse would get like really big in the trot and strung out and lose her balance. And so the horse was trying and the horse heard the aid. It just didn't totally happen. So in that situation, it was like, okay, take your time, reorganize, get the horse back in balance and relaxed, and then ask the horse to canter again. And that's different than if you're riding a school master, like a school horse that knows how to canter and you ask for canter and it doesn't do it. That's a different thing. Then you have to quickly say, Hey, hello. Like I asked for something and you need to ask for canter right away. So it's a little bit different based on the horse. Right. That's where we have to be able to analyze. I mean, the behavior is the same. The horse isn't cantering, but what's the root cause of that? Was it because the horse is young and immature and lost its balance or the horse said, eh, I don't need to work that hard today. So then based on that, your reaction would be different. Yeah. Um, let's see. Mara says her horse also doesn't listen when I get too predictable. So <laughs> that happens too. Yeah. And, I've got, well, like I've got when a, they start anticipating. Right. I've got a mare that, you know, you start doing the same and then she just gets on the muscle because if you don't change the, by the third time you do the exercise, she knows, and it's not as light and it's fluffy. So with her, it's this way, that way, back, forth, come here and make her stay on the aids and not let her think that, oh, this is what we're doing. And then I've got this tank. Yeah. And that's what's so hard about dressage is it's like, get ready, wait, get ready, wait. And the horse has to be so ready but they can't anticipate and that i think in the flying changes that's where it's like the hardest thing because for the flying change so much has to happen in like a very short period everything of time. has to be right at yeah. that moment it's not like i need more of this i can change the angle flying changes it has to be right everything has to be right at that moment it's very yeah. difficult it's so hard to change yeah but on the thing about anticipation, right? The horses learn the test. You're going to ride that test all year long, especially at the FEI. You ride that test all year long. The horse knows the test. And so how do you do it where the horse doesn't anticipate? The horse knows the test. So it's it's about keeping them on the aids and, and keeping them soft and making them wait and just making them honestly on your aids because it isn't that they don't know the test. You've got to teach them to stay with you. Yeah. And you have to be clever in your training about not practicing the exact test over and over again. Like when I practice my tests, I never halt at X. I always halt like a little past X or I change things up because if you, if you just practice the test over and over again, then your horse isn't listening. They're just they're rolling their eyes and just going through the motions. And then, then yes. Yeah. Okay. And here's, so here's another one from Lori. I couldn't understand why my horse wouldn't go forward. I finally figured out that she has a sore back. Right. There you go. Yeah. That's the thing. It, it, the behavior is the same. My horse doesn't go forward, but the reasons for yeah. that. And that is where it's so tricky is because your horse can't tell you like, 
Yeah, their they, English isn't very good. Right. Like they can't say, well, I'm just blowing you off because 50 other riders rode me today and I got to blow them off. They can't say, hey, I'm blowing you off because my back hurts. They can't say, hey, I'm blowing you off because I'm distracted or because I'm not in balance or because I don't understand your age or because you're not clear enough. And that's where experience comes in, you know, and have like for you and I, we've ridden thousands of horses and spent thousands of times in the saddle. And you kind of start to get a sense of, of, you know, quickly you run through all these reasons of why, why didn't my horse listen to me? And what do I need to do quickly to us to fix that and to address that issue? And that's the th- I mean, and you always the first thing you want to rule out is any physical thing because you never really want you just don't want to work your horse when it's hurting because then it goes oh when you work me I hurt I don't like you. Yeah. So the first thing you've always got to rule out is any physical things. You know, it's the teeth, the the back, the hot. You just rule out any physical thing, and then you're like, okay, horsey, now we got to go to work. Yeah. But there's a, there's a balance to that. And I think that that's one of the hardest things is like to balance when it's pain versus when it's training, because if every time your horse misbehaves, you right away go to there in pain, you're never going to get, you're never going to get anywhere. You aren't. And so, yeah, like, like Herman said, you've got to check that out first and make sure everything's okay. So that when your horse, you know, puts their head up or they won't go forward that you have the confidence to say, no, like, I know that you feel okay. You, you have to do this. You have to work through it. And, and also I think there's a certain amount of discipline because I guarantee you that the top Grand Prix horses that are competing internationally, they don't feel a hundred percent every day. And they're back. You don't, nobody does. Right. And we get up and we go to work anyways, and we have an attitude a good attitude you know and it's um i mean it's within things like obviously if you like you know rupture a disc in your back or break a leg you can't keep going but if you're a little bit sore you know you've got to buck up and just like keep keep working through it a little bit so um and then the other thing tell them what you told shay today about pressure and release oh um (laughs) Uh, her horses, I'm making him work a bit harder, right? Trying to get to the second level now and start to add a little bit of collection to the thing. He's like, really? Do I have to work this hard? And so the timing, the, the, it, there's the pressure there and he was getting all squirrely. I couldn't keep him on the line. He's moving this way. He's moving that way. He won't stay between my aids and stay on the line. So he's getting uh, a little rebellious there. She goes, why is he doing that? And I said, well, would you rather give orders or take orders? So I'm giving him the orders right now. And he's just like, I don't want to do that. But as soon as he gets in the right way, the pressure comes right off. And so he gets an immediate, immediate response to him going in the right way. And he goes, oh, if I do this, I feel good. Oh, if I do this, I feel good. And the example I use for her is like, he doesn't work hard because he wants to get a Range Rover and drive that to the fancy <laughs> dinner. I mean, that's not the motivation for a horse, right? It's all the pressure and then the immediate release of that pressure. The horse goes, oh, when I do this. And so when the horse works harder, the pressure gets less. And so then the horse goes, oh, I want to work harder because the pressure's less. Anyway, that was yeah. what I was saying. Yeah, no, it's like, it's just, it's super important to remember that, that, 
horses simply they learn by pressure and release. It's just as simple as that. And they they live in the moment. And it's important that you there's no delayed gratification no. with the horse. And they don't do they don't lie, cheat, or steal. They're not trying to get over on you. Mostly they don't understand what you're doing. Um, but as soon as they get within the ballpark, that pressure goes away and they go, ah, that's what I gotta do. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also, I think that's where they're as you become a better rider, as you ride thousands and thousands of horses, your timing gets way better. And well, thousands, thousands of hours anyway. Yeah. And that's why like your trainer will get on and they can do so much more because of their timing, because they know exactly when to put the pressure on, get the result and then release the pressure. And as you become a better rider, you're able to be way more clear and sophisticated with the pressure and with the release. So, I mean, if you think about it, it's pretty amazing that we can communicate with horses through pressure and release. Like that's really the only means right. of communication that we have with them. We can't have a sentence. We can't form a sentence. We can't, you know, so it's all through pressure and release. And the fact that we can teach them one tempi changes and canter half fast zigzags is like, it's crazy. Well, it just speaks to how amazing horses are. Yes. Because cows aren't doing that. But there is that one video of the, when they did the, the CDI, what was that, in Egypt? And they had the camel. It didn't do 15 ones, but it did some it ones. Did it was, Yes. Wow. Guy rode a camel and did flying changes. It, there's a vid there. If you could Google it, it's somewhere. It was, it was incredible. And the crowd went nuts when this camel did flying changes. Anyway. Okay. You guys, I put in the chat, the, um, the link to RSVP for the goal setting webinar on January 1st, New Year's day. Are you going to join me? What's happening January 1st? We're doing a goal setting webinar. You're going to set your goals. Oh, I thought we were going to Magic Mountain. No. Okay. And then one last thing. Oh, I wanted to show you this. So I'll put this in the chat too, but they just did a big CDI in Madrid. Everyone's qualifying for World Cup next year. And look how cool. So this person, um, like before the CDI started, they did this in-hand demonstration and the guy did literally all of the Grand Prix in hand. Like he's like going around behind the horse, doing the Piaf Passage, doing everything. Even the extended try. Uh, okay, maybe not yet. extended okay. try and extended canter. Okay, I'm gonna put it in the chat for you guys to watch. It's at the beginning. Oh, come on. Let me paste you it. You are just very computer savvy. I know. I'm watching the thing okay. go all over the place. Yeah. I'm getting... Wow. Okay. I posted the, the YouTube link for you guys to watch. Um, but it's really cool. Like he even, I think he even does the one tippy changes and the half passes. Yeah. See there he's doing a pirouette in hand. So he's that basically, awesome. he does all of the groundwork in hand, which is super cool. And I've been doing a lot. Oh, and the horse rears and does a lava. That's cool. Um, but I've been doing a lot of work to get ready for the groundwork masterclass, which is coming up in January. I'm super excited about, but it's really amazing what you can teach your horse on the ground. And when you teach your horse this stuff on the ground, then when you get on, it's like, it's a lot easier. Um, I know I would rather ride, like, I don't really see the point in 
doing the entire Grand Prix from the ground. I'd rather be riding It's not the, horse, the fun part for me. Personally. Um, Somebody I went to teach today, and uh, before she rode, she goes, well, do you want to ride the horse? Do you want me to lunge it? I was like, I'll ride it. <laughs> no, <laughs> not that watching but, her lunge the thing isn't great fun, but I like to ride it. No, but that said, it's like there is a balance because groundwork is such a useful tool. And that's when you get a new horse or when you're starting a horse, you have to start from the ground. You can't just get on. And, and also like your motto is like live fast, die young, but I don't really want to die young. So I would rather. And I've, I've outlived the die young part. Yeah. Now I'm just living fast. So I would rather spend some time on the ground with my horse than um, get on and die personally. I know you'd rather die, but I'd rather do. It hasn't work. happened yet. It hasn't happened yet. <laughs> Let us know in the comments if you do groundwork or if you'd rather die. <laughs> are those the two choices? Are there, are there any other choices? Groundwork or death. Okay. Okay. I, I choose guess. death. <laughs> For those of you who watch the cartoon movie called Heavy Metal, you will get the quote. I choose death. I don't um, think anyone watches Heavy Metal. It was such a good But look movie. at this guy. He's doing, now he's doing one tippy changes. That's amazing. From the ground. So and he's just walking. That is amazing. Yeah. So you guys have to go and watch that YouTube video of this guy. Like he's doing one tempi changes on a circle. There you go. From the There's ground. Five minutes every day because she wants to live. <laughs> Good for you, Debbie. <laughs> okay. Everyone's voting for groundwork. All I right. Think so you've been I'm alone. Voted. I'm alone. Yes. There's, there was a day in my life when I, I really wish I'd listened to that little voice in my head that said, you know, you should probably get off and lunge. Was that the Parisian? Yeah. When I ended up in the hospital with like five broken bones. So yeah. moral of the story is, um, if in doubt, get off and do some groundwork. So, all Sweet. right. All right. That's it for today. I hope you guys were thoroughly entertained. We'll see you soon. So that's it for this week. Thank you so much for all of your awesome questions. And I hope you learned something new from listening. If you're new to the podcast and you'd like a question answered on a future one, get on touch on Facebook through Amelia's Dressage Club, Instagram at Amelia Newcomb Dressage, or YouTube at Amelia Newcomb Dressage, and mark the question for the live sessions. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you like it, please share it, review it, and tune in again next week. Thanks so much and happy riding.